Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. The word revival is defined as an improvement in the condition or strength of something. It's also defined as an instance of something becoming active or important again. Hallelujah. So I want to welcome you to our winter revival. Amen. We're excited about it this Sunday, next Sunday, and maybe who knows what might happen after that. Amen. We're so excited to have with us Pastor Tony Suarez from Johnson City, Tennessee. It's been a little while. I can't remember exactly when. It's been, uh, uh, somebody said two years? Wow, two years. That's too long. Amen. It's great to have him here. Pastor Tony uh, is in Johnson City, Tennessee. He's also a member of our church board of advisors one of three pastors that serves as an external board of oversight or overseers for our church to, to help make everybody accountable and offer protection for this church family. So we love Pastor Tony. This is his home away from home. So why don't we give him a good, warm, life church welcome here this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. So good to have him home. Amen. God bless you. It's good to be home. I had uh, proposed a resolution that there be free donuts on Sundays for everybody. So I don't know if it happened or not, but now that I'm here, I can check. You know, I can see if my resolution went through. But uh, I'm just kidding. Because you see, you make a joke, and then someone will take it serious. And then they'll go put like a Google review on the church and be like, the board, the board member came and said there's supposed to be free donuts, and I didn't get a free donut. And then they'll leave us one star. So let me clarify, that was a joke. All right, let's make sure we're all good. It's so good to be back. God bless you. I'm thankful for Pastor Thompson and, and Pastor Robin and the family and everybody that's here today. And to see the blessing of the Lord. I see new carpet. I see new stuff on the walls. I see hardwood floor. Man, y'all can't hide money in Richmond. I'll tell you right now. I don't want to hear about recessions and inflations. I've been hearing that a recession's coming for like five years now. Every time, I, I thought it already came. And then I found out it's still allegedly coming. But see, in the kingdom, we don't worry about any of that because we're not subject to the economy of Washington, D.C. We're subject to the kingdom economy, and we're blessed at all times, in all seasons. doesn't really matter who occupies the White House because we know the one that will one day occupy the White Throne. And because we're tithers and we're givers, we don't know recession. We don't know inflation. We don't know poverty. We don't know hard times. I'm confessing right now. We go from blessing to blessing to glory to glory, and everywhere our feet touches is blessed. Amen. I say, how can you say that? Because I see it. I see it all over this church. Amen. And I'm just so thankful to be back and to see what God's going to do. Now, I was telling Pastor Betty, allegedly, my wife is going to be with me next week. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Allegedly, some of my kids, we got like a lot that live at the house, and so... Some of them allegedly are coming with me next week as well, So, uh, but I'm thankful to be back. And I met a few people at the door that had a copy 
of our new book, Use Me. Lord, thank you for having that. And uh, we sold out, but we're allegedly we're supposed to have that next week as well. So my son Cole, my oldest, he travels with me full time, but he's not here today for very spiritual reasons. Uh, he's like, Dad, I don't want to have to watch the Cowboys game in the car. Could I have this Sunday off? I'm like, Cole, do you realize that if I tell the church that, I'm going to probably lose my ministry and the rest of my invites? He's like, Dad, this is our year. I'm like, well, I'll let, I'll let life know. So, yeah, see, some of you like that, and some of you are cursing my son. Just, just let the boy have some faith. You believe in essential oils. I mean, let him believe in the cowboys. Have I said too much yet? I know it's the early morning service, but, but uh, he'll be with me next week, and I'm thankful. I want to go to the book of Jeremiah now that I've messed up the service. I want to go to the book of Jeremiah and uh, chapter 32, and uh, I'm going to read one passage of scripture there and then get into this message. And I got to meet the new grandbaby today. I, didn't know, I knew that they were expecting. I didn't know the baby was born. But uh, what a beautiful baby. Amen. Just see the blessing of the Lord here. Amen. Amen. When they get, when ours were younger, they told us there's going to come, a, you know, love them, appreciate them because they're going to grow up and it's so fast. And sometimes you start rolling your eyes because you hear that so much. But now ours are 19, 18, 17, 16 and about to turn 14. And you wish they were still in your arms like that. But don't worry. I'm not tempted. Because now I have an expectation that, well, maybe 10 years from now, there'll be grandbabies. And I can, I don't need to have another one of my own. We have enough of those. You don't get any more tax credits after you have five. So just, I just wait till there's grandbabies. But <laughs> really, what's wrong with me today? I need to, I need, maybe I needed to pray a little more. At Jeremiah 32, verse 17, the Bible says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Father, I ask you to help me this morning to preach your word the way you've given it to me to deliver to your people. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. I have been instructed of the Lord that everywhere I go, until he tells me different, I am to preach this message. And the genesis of this message is that Cole and I were getting on an airplane to fly to Denver sometime in November. And... um, I, you know, we, we travel for a living. We're on airplanes a few times a week, and I know better than to show up to the airport and not have something to watch. Again, this isn't spiritual to start, but it'll get spiritual in a moment. Um, and so as we're in line checking in to get on this four-and-a-half-hour flight, I realize I don't have anything to do on the airplane. And so I start scrolling, and I'm looking for something to download, and Cole's standing behind me, and we're getting in the line, and I felt the Lord speak to me. I felt him speak into my spirit. I didn't hear an audible voice. The ground didn't shake. The lights didn't flicker. But I heard him speak in my spirit. And the words I heard were, there is nothing too hard for God. Now, I might be flipping through Netflix. But when that Holy Ghost hits me, I'm still Pentecostal. And so I'm in the line. And I'm, I'm you know, scanning. And I hear there is nothing too hard for God. And I, because, I mean, he hit me. And so Cole traveling with me full time, you know, he's, he's like my personal guy with me and he'll help me out. He'll catch if people fall out or, you know, help me pray with people or work the book table. He's, he does a little bit of everything. And so we're in the line and it hit me. I said, whoo, and Cole, he'll get, he, 
he gets a little embarrassed about me sometimes. And so when I went whoo, and backed up, Cole's like, Dad, oh, my God, right, right, right now? He's like, Dad, we're in public. <laughs> That's a real story. That's how happy. He thought he was going to catch me in the line there at the airport. And so I'm, he's like, are, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, whew, man. He's like, Dad, seriously, like, wait, like, not right now. And so we get to our chairs, and he looks at me. He's like, you're going to be good? I'm like, I'm, I'm good. And I, I, but, I, you know, it comes on you. You can't stop. So I had, like, one more little shake in me. A little, he's like, Dad, really? I mean, people are walking by just... And so I kept doing my scroll. And now I'm on Instagram, and I, I have an old soul. And so, you know, Instagram somehow can read your mind about what you like. And so a lot of, if you turn on my Instagram, there's a lot of old church Instagram reels that will pop up. Services from 70s, 80s, 90s, some black and white that will pop up. And this particular clip that popped up, I didn't ask for it. I didn't look for it. It was the suggested clip that popped up was the Holy Convocation of the Church of God in Christ, 1995. It was one of those pulpits that had seven microphones around it. For those of you that remember when you used to have to have this microphone for this radio station, this microphone for this television station, this for the local church, and this was for the tape ministry. And so and I don't know what the other mics were for, but that bishop leaned into that mic and there's all these prelates and dignitaries around him, uh, Jesse Jackson and there was someone else and Bishop Blake and Bishop Patterson and all these men and all these dignitaries and he leans into the mic and he says, I want to tell somebody that there is nothing too hard for God. And I said, my God, Lord, I discern, I perceive that you're trying to tell me something. But as a good Pentecostal, I need confirmation, Lord. What are you trying to tell me? And so I went over to that sanctified YouTube app. And I turned on YouTube because I'm still looking for something to watch. And so I go over to YouTube and I, you know, just kind of like the price is right. I'm going to see where that thing just ends up. And it ends up on a clip of a church choir. Now, you know, YouTube does this thing where they start playing the video before you can hear the video. So I can't hear them, but it's an old church choir with choir robes, and they got the big sleeves. Anybody remember choir robes? You have to worry about what you, you well, back, I'm going to be careful. Back then, we didn't have to worry about what you wore to church because the choir robe was like the blood. It covered it all. Hallelujah. And so it had the, what is wrong with me today? Seriously, you, get me in February, not January, all right? I've been off for like five weeks. And so the choir robe, the sleeves, and all all I do is I, I just see him clapping. And so, but the clap pulled me into the video. And so I click on the video. And what would that, what else could they be singing? But there is nothing too hard for God. Nothing too hard for God. I said, Lord, all right, I'm going to write this thing down because this is the third time in 12 minutes that I have heard this phrase there is nothing too hard for God. And I, at that point, I got my message, and the Lord said, I want you, until I tell you different, every church you go to, every meeting you go to, every broadcast you tape, I want you to tell my people that there is nothing too hard for God. So here's my message, and then I can go home. Are you ready? Thus saith the Lord of Israel to you, Life Church, there is nothing too hard for If you believe it, you'd praise him right now. I would confess it. 
I would stand on it. I'd praise it. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're looking through. I don't know what 2023 looked like. But upon the authority of the word of God, I decree and declare to this congregation that there is nothing too hard for I don't care what your mother-in-law said. I don't care what the government says. I don't care what CNN, Fox, and NBC says. The word of the Lord to you today is that there is nothing too hard for. Give them praise right now in this tabernacle. And so the Lord spoke and he said, you declare that to my people. This is all on the airplane. He said, you declare it to my people because I want them convinced that I can. And I said, you can what? He said, I can fill in their blanks. You just tell them I can dot, 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 and you let them fill in the blank. So I don't know what that blank is for you today, but I decree to you today that God can save that wayward child. God can fix that marriage. God can give you that miracle house. God can bless that business. God can give you a new contract. God can heal your body. God can save America. God, I don't know what you need, but I believe today that God can. Because there's nothing too hard for God. You say, Suarez, you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I need. You're right. But I know your God. And I know that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ever ask or think according to his riches and glory. And because I know what he possesses and I know what he has and I know what he's capable of, even without knowing your need, I can confidently, boldly declare to you that there is nothing too hard for God. I want to declare to the people of God that this is a season of blessing, prosperity, and abundance. And I don't care what your app is telling you, what your stock forecast is telling you. Reading a stock forecast is like going to a fortune teller reading your palm. You need to go to what the word says. The word says that if you're a tither, the windows of heaven are open to you. The word says that if you're generous, men shall give unto you. The word says that it will be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I did something last summer. I went and I bought, I, I got, you know, I, I, I by myself one day, and I got a craving for a snow cone. Mid-40s, but I felt like I was four. And I, all I wanted was a cherry snow cone. And so I went to this little business in Johnson City that's always there called Hawaiian Ice. Get me a little cherry snow cone. Paid cash so it wouldn't show up on the credit card so no one would know. And while I was there, there was a for sale sign. And I thought, man, I can get one snow cone. I just own the snow cone machine. <laughs> and so we bought Hawaiian ice. Randomly, randomly, just one day. Been there 30 years. Guy was selling it. He said his kids are graduating. So I bought the business because it's not just that I wanted snow cones. I got those five teenagers at the house. And every time I tell them, you got to go get a job, they come back. They're like, Dad. You know, volleyball, soccer, you know, we got to go to church. That, you know, like as if church is the problem. I'm like, oh, good Lord. Well, you know, you want us to go to church, so now we can't get a job. So I decided I'm going to solve the problem. I'm going to buy the business. And now they all have jobs. 
And they said, what does it pay? I said, whatever I decide. When do we work? Whenever I want you out of the house. And so I buy the business, and the man says, are you going to be the one running it? I said, no, I'm just going to be the one cashing the check. He's like, well, you still, I'm going to have to teach you so that you can teach your kids. I said, that's fine. He said, well, let me show you how to make a snow cone. I said, yes, sir. So we get in this little, it's a little hut. I mean, it's a hut. If you ever come visit, let me know. And so we're in this little hut, him and I, and he opens the machine. I didn't know I was going to tell the story. I'd have a video to show you. He said, you put the cup under the machine. He said, you got to put the ice block in there. He said, now you press the pedal. He said, now watch how quick the ice comes out. And so he pressed the pedal, and the, the cup filled up maybe in three seconds. The cup was full. It just filled up. And so he took his foot off the pedal. He said, now, does the cup look full to you? I said, yeah. He said, but it's not. I said, what magic is this? He said, it's not full. He said, once it looks like it's full, you got to press it down and shake it up. And again, it hit me. I'm like, uh, why, why do you have to press it down and shake it up? He said, you have to make room for more. I said, my God. And hit me. I'm looking for coal so I can fall out in the hut right now. I'm like, I said, so what do you do then? He said, you push the pedal and you fill it up again. He, so he shows it to me a second time. He said, I know it looks full, but there's still room for more. He said, so you know what we do? I said, tell me. He said, you press it down with gloves. Any people scared about the With gloves. Press it down and shake it up. I said, how do you know when it's actually full? He said, when the ice is running over. I said, excuse me, sir. I'll be right back. And I went to the parking lot and I, I really did. And I came back in. I said, sir, by any chance are you religious? He said, not particularly. I said, well, I got to preach to somebody right now. I said, because the Bible says that when God blesses you, it's going to be. And I want to declare to you today that your heavenly father has stepped on the pedal of prosperity. And he has commanded his blessing upon his people. And you're not going to be kind of blessed. You're not going to be a little bit blessed. But in this season, it's going to be pressed down shaking together and running over because he's not just going to bless you he's going to bless your children and your children's children and you say in this economy oh yes because there's nothing too hard for God give him praise in this house hallelujah to the Lamb of God hallelujah the Lord said I want my people convinced Ask them what they need. What are they believing for? And then tell them again that there is nothing too hard for God. He said, I want to take them from wishful hope to confident faith. That they not come to the throne with their fingers crossed. He said, some of them come praying like, 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 it's like, like, like they're visiting Santa Claus at the mall. Let them come with confident, bold faith before the throne of grace, declaring, and not just what they need, but expecting that I, the Lord, am going to do that for them. Ladies and gentlemen, I am convinced. 
I am convinced I have radical faith because I've seen him do too much for me. I have seen him do too much in our family to think that somehow he's run out of miracles or that he no longer heals or he no longer blesses. The older I get, the more I see, and the more I see, the more I'm expecting. It's not that it's not that it's so you know self-focused that it's not that I need more. It's that I just have such a good father that when he sees a grateful heart and a faithful heart, it provokes him to say what else can I do for my children how else can I bless my children and so I'm declaring to some people that have walked through the valley of the shadow of death you've walked through a dark dark place a dry place a difficult place this is the season of blessing and victory and whatever you thought was impossible God said you've challenged me to show you that I can do it because there's nothing too hard for God If you can, can you put Jeremiah back on the screen for a minute? Because today's a graduation service. We need to graduate our faith. Mm. 32.17 says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you! Exclamation point. But this same phrase is used in another portion in Scripture in Genesis. Same phrase, different punctuation mark. See, I want you to have Jeremiah kind of faith. I want you to walk through this world declaring there's nothing too hard for God. That when you go to have that job interview next week, you walk in saying there's nothing too hard for God. When you apply for that mortgage, there's nothing too hard. In fact, we're going to graduate our faith to not only apply for mortgages, but believe that we're going to pay cash for our houses in Jesus' name. Oh, they brought a money preacher. No, you brought a full gospel preacher to this church that believes the entire book. And I believe that God can do some things that will blow our mind in this season. He's not just going to heal your sniffle. He's going to heal the root of the sniffle. We're treating symptoms, and the Lord wants to take care of the root cause. So I want you to get to that exclamation mark kind of faith that you find in Jeremiah. But I found something in Genesis. I've never seen it before. I've personally never heard it preached before. That doesn't mean someone hasn't. I just haven't. And when I found it, it convicted me. And it comes from the book of Genesis chapter 18. Uh, It's the story of Abraham and Sarah when the Lord visited them with two other angels. In verse, uh, you can read the rest of the context when you get home and get all of that in there, uh, the rest of the story. But I want to go to verse 10, Genesis 18 and 10. One of them said, that means one of the angels, but we now know it was the Lord. One of them said, I will return to you about this time next year. And your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Period. There's a, or or exclamation point. There's a phrase in Spanish, punto y fin, which means period, the end. That's it. He has made a declarative, definitive statement. Sarah will have a son. It's settled. But good old sister Sarah was listening to the conversation from the tent. Verse 11. And Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. And Sarah was long past the age of having children. Next verse. So she laughed. What is that word there? 
does it say loud, hilariously, obnoxiously? How does she laugh? Silently. I used to get in trouble in schools. Since Cole's not here, I'm going to be free today. I used to get in a lot of trouble in junior high. One of the things I had to master to stop getting detention was I had to learn to laugh silently. I had, I, I had to learn how to. That's when I started wearing turtlenecks. <laughs> I'd put my head down and just cover my mouth because I'd, I'd want to laugh. I'd, I'd, I'd laugh at everything. I'd laugh at the teacher. I'd laugh at the people. And so I had to learn to laugh silently. The art of laughing silently, as I fix my turtleneck here, the, the art of laughing silently is that no one's supposed to hear you. I know this is real deep today. Hallelujah. She laughed silently to herself and said, she's talking to herself, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? Especially, see, she's taking the blame off herself. Especially when my master is so old. What she's trying to say, but she's being discreet and modest, is I can't. I just don't know if he can. <laughs> Have you looked at Abraham lately? I mean, I'm in the tent. He's just laying over. I don't know if he could. Go back to 12, please. A special, see, she takes it. She said, yeah, I'm, I'm a little old. But especially when my husband is so old. She is making an excuse for the miracle not to happen. She's giving herself some wiggle room so that if the word doesn't come to pass, she'll be able to explain it away. She has yet to obtain Jeremiah-style kind of faith because she's looking for excuses just in case. Just in case the prophetic word doesn't come to pass the way I thought it was, let me, let me give myself an out. Now, in her case, she's putting the blame on Abraham. But in 2024, we put the blame on our education or lack thereof, our culture, our, our, uh, where we're born, our zip code. We put it on the church we go to, the marriage we have or don't have, the family we come from or don't have. We use all these excuses for why there's no change in our life. We, we use an excuse for why we're still sick, why we're still broke, why we're still struggling with the same perpetual sin over and over again. We'll make all these excuses. Rather than take God at his word, we give us an out and deflect the blame off of us and say, but Abraham is too old. America is too messed up. I don't know if I can trust the doctor. Well, this economy is this. Well, I come from here. Well, my mom did this. My dad drank this. And my, my kids smoked this. My daddy did this. And so we use all these excuses to not see the word fulfilled. And sometimes what God wants to do is so crazy, so big. I'm talking to church people. It makes us laugh. We say, that's for those kooky charismatics on TV. Not for us. Oh, that, that's, for, that's for those name it and claim it people over there. The blab it and grab it crowd. Well, I mean, if they're all grabbing it, I'm going to take some too. 
Oh, that, that, that's, for those, that's for those crazy Christians. Not me. I'm a mature saint. I'm balanced. That's the new word I've heard. I'm balanced in my faith. Okay. And so we, you know, we, we, we don't, we laugh. We hear that God, when, at, when, the, when the revival broke out in Asbury at the beginning of last year, there were some that scoffed and said, <clears throat> there, was, there, was, there was people that laughed. There was every side of Christianity laughed at them, and then every side of Christianity wanted in. There's one side that said, <clears throat> they don't even know how to speak in tongues. And then there was another one. Then the other side started laughing. <clears throat> They've started speaking in tongues. <laughs> they, everyone's making mockery of it. Because they don't know how to step into the fullness of what God's doing. I don't judge where people are along the river of revival. Because everyone steps in at a different point, And as long as you get in the river. Anyways, that's for another day. And so we scoff. We laugh. God gives us a big plan, a big promise, a big prophecy. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he means well, you know, he, he means well. <laughs> Prophet of the Lord comes and gives you a word. Oh, well, you know, it's that 9 a.m. service, and I, I don't know, he's talking all kinds of foolishness about the cowboys before he got up there. I don't know. Oh, bless him. Or, or, or like some of the mothers used to say, oh, bless him, Lord. <laughs> oh, bless him, Lord. He means well. And so she laughs to herself. But the Lord said, this is what I've never seen before. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? But wait a second. How did she laugh? Turns out that silent laugh, that silent laugh, that lack of faith rang really loud in the courts of heaven. If faith moves mountains, a lack of faith Build mountain. It stands out to me that a silent laugh, God could hear it. God hears our lack of faith. God hears when we talk ourselves out of the blessing. God hears when we say, oh, he can bless everyone else's marriage, but not mine. He hears when we think to ourselves and say, yeah, that sermon, that's not for me. He hears those things and he questions, why did Sarah laugh? The Lord asks you today, why don't you trust me to save your children? Why don't you trust me to bless your finances? Why don't you trust me to work that thing out in your life? Why don't you trust me for the bigger thing? Why don't you trust me with that thing that everyone calls difficult? Why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman have a baby? Why do you say, God can bless this one and that one, but not me? When has he ever been restricted in what he can do and with whom he can do it and when he can do it? I want God to hear me out loud and real clear today. I still believe that you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ever ask or think. And if you catch me laughing, it's because I'm happy, because I see the blessing. I see blessing. I see blessing raining all over me. Give him praise if that's your word.
You just have to remember that there's nothing too hard for God. He said, why did she laugh? And, and that's in verse 14 is where we need to graduate from. Man, that was on time. <laughs> Man, that's powerful. I hope we got that on cassette. Or we got on, yeah. Man, I'm putting that on the Instagram tonight. <laughs> the question is asked, is anything too hard for the Lord? See, we need to graduate from question marks to exclamation marks. I'm believing that in this season... God has, is sending his holy angels and they're taking all those question marks that are in your mind, all those question marks that are surrounding you. I believe he's sending his holy angels and they're going to take those question marks and they're going to and put an exclamation mark on it. He can heal your body. He can bless your soul. He can work in your family. He can send revival to Richmond. He can save the nation. He can restore a people. He can. Because he has not changed, ladies and gentlemen. He hasn't gotten too old. He, hallelujah. We've gotten old. But the psalmist said that even when we get old, now that I'm old, I have never seen the righteous forsaken. The older I get, the more I'm convinced that God is good, that God blesses, God prospers, God heals, God delivers. God doesn't change. The gospel doesn't change. The blood doesn't change. The Holy Ghost doesn't change. It works when there's a Republican in the White House. It works when there's a Democrat in the White House. It works when anyone is in the White House because the White House doesn't have dominion over the Word. The Word has dominion over me, and I'm blessed. Someone shout, I'm blessed. Because there's nothing too hard for God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm, co I'm coming to a close. I got to wrap this thing up. Got to land this airplane. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here we go again. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Man, that, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm feeling those five weeks of not preaching because I'm a little winded up here. All right. That's all right. I just I took it by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Hey, he just sowed a seed. That's right. Lord, give it back to him. Bible Man, that's good water right there. Now you say, preacher. Yeah, of course you, you would preach that sermon. You're, you're a preacher. Oh. Sometimes being a preacher makes you more cynical. This is all I've ever known. That's what I grew up in. Every dinner conversation. Everything from my childhood, my youth, my young adult, where I'm in life now, everything has always been focused and centered around the church. I've heard these promises and these scriptures more than any other conversation I've had in my life. And I have lived in seasons in my life where my season didn't match my word. And it would cause you to doubt the word. It would cause you to say, well, that's kind of true, but not the way I thought it was. But if God says it, it shall, not hopefully fingers crossed, it shall come to pass. And I'm going to tell you, more times than not, in fact, every time that I have doubted the Holy One of Israel, I've had to come back and repent for my doubt or my lack of faith because his word always comes to pass. 
If he said it, it shall come to pass. So five years ago, five years ago and two months ago, I married Gina. We moved to Tennessee. I left everything I had known for the previous 15 years in Virginia. And we, the television studio that we had at, 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 in, in Virginia Beach, we were taping out of TBN. And we had built our lives there. And we were in transition. And if there's someone new in the church, doesn't... I, Eight year, well, it'll be eight years this, this coming year. My first wife passed away, the mother of my children, so I was a single dad. I got three kids, and, and then I met Gina, and Gina was a single mother who had lost her husband to cancer, and we put this little Pentecostal Brady Bunch together with five children, and again, if you tell me there were six, I rebuke you. This one has five. One of them counts for two. It's a lot of drama in the house. It's not the girls. It's the boys. I'm going to tell you right now. So much testosterone in that house. Shoo. Maybe I am glad I'm here alone today. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we moved to Tennessee. I moved to a land I've never been in, people I don't know. I had left Chicago to move to Virginia Beach when I was 21, left the city, to, and then I had embraced beach life, and now I live in the mountains. There is nothing about mountains, me, and loafers that, like, connect. I mean, it was, it was difficult, ladies and gentlemen. It was hard. And don't have the television studio, don't have an office for the ministry. The employees we have are all spread out through the U.S. Everyone's working remotely. And there's some things I was believing the Lord for. And there was things that I was wondering if they, were, if they belonged to a day gone by. And sometime last year, my faith just started getting stirred. We need a building. We need some, we, we got to have somewhere for the ministry. We, we got to get back on television. We got to get studios up and running. I can't just be remote all the time. And, and so, but I'm looking at that and I'm looking at the finances and, and, and looking at five children and everything. And I just started putting limits on God. I'm like, well, I, don't, I, I, I know you've never said these, these words, okay? I said, I just don't know how we're going to swing it. I know you, you don't talk like that, but, man, it's going to really be a stretch. We're going to really have to hunker down here for a little bit. And so I started driving through Johnson City looking for what I thought I could afford. And I found not a shack, but a little bit of a dilapidated building. Had some, some issues. But I looked at it and I said, I could probably afford that one. That's what I said. I could probably afford it. It was abandoned. That always helps. Like a little rat infestation, but... <laughs> That never hurt anyone. I mean, we'll be all right. Don't need it all the time. I said, I bet I could afford that one. And so I would walk by that building, drive by that building, pull in the parking lot for several weeks, every day. And I'd go to the building. I'd say, hey, building, the master hath need of thee. No one told me to pray that way. It's just the way I felt to pray. When Jesus needed a donkey, he told the apostles, you go and you say, the master hath need of thee. So I thought if he could go and say, hey, donkey. Shrek didn't start that. It's in the Bible. Hey, donkey. <laughs> so I was going to my donkey and saying, hey, building. The master hath need of thee. Just speaking the word of faith. And one day I drove by the building, and there was someone else's sign hanging on my building. And I laughed. I said, well, <laughs> I guess the word of faith doesn't work. I laughed. I got doubtful in my heart. So I'm not preaching something I haven't had to live through. I laughed. I'm like, well, I guess de decreeing and declaring doesn't work. 
saying it and confessing it. <laughs> that doesn't work. And the Lord, ooh, I angered the Lord. He said, you really want it? You really want it, I'll give it to you. But what I have for you doesn't fit in that little building. Now, you can either, you can either keep insisting for what you want, or you can start believing me for what I have for you. Because what I have for you doesn't fit in that little. See, I was containing God to what I thought he could do, what I thought we could afford, what I thought he and I could do together. But the Lord had to remind, as I was laughing like Sarah, the Lord had to remind me, there's nothing too hard for me. And oh, by the way, Suarez, I don't need your help. I'll bless you if you'll trust me. And so I started trusting the Lord. I had to make a decision. I'm going to trust the Lord. And that took several more months of not having a studio and not having a building and not having uh, uh, offices and just trusting the Lord. And I was sitting at a, this is what we do in Tennessee. I was eating biscuits and gravy. Glory be to his name. That's what we do over there in those mountains. And not that white gravy that y'all get at Cracker Barrel, but this greasy brown gravy. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That stuff is powerful, ladies and gentlemen. That stuff will bless your life. And I'm eating the brown gravy on the biscuit and with the two eggs and the bacon and the coffee at hallelujah. And, and, and I'm, I haven't eaten today yet. And so I'm eating that once again just through my phone when a beautiful brick building popped up on my screen. And it said it just gone on the mark. I said, whew. Uh, and I wanted to go run, but I'm not going to leave those biscuits either. I paid $3 for that biscuit, those two eggs, two strips of bacon in the car. Man, money goes far in Tennessee, by the way. And so I quickly ate it all up, and I took off to the building. And I saw it. This was bigger than I ever thought I could afford. And I stepped on the building. I got out of the car. I was going to step on the building, step out of my car. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Lord, before I, before I do anything else, is this the one? What would happen? If rather than take 21 job interviews, what if before you stepped out, you said, Lord, guide me to the right one. Lord, is, is this the one? What if, I got to get out of here. I need to shut up and stop. What if before you got married, <laughs> is he the one? <laughs> is she the one? What if? Before we sign the contract, Lord, do I put my name in ink or in pencil? And so I said, Lord, is this the one? And I believed, and now I know, he said to my spirit, I've given you the land, I've given you the building, and I'm going to give you the people. When I walked through that building, it was everything I had ever dreamed that I would need right now. The confirmation was the big old baptistry that was in that building. Because we have baptized, since I last saw you, I don't want to make up numbers. I don't want to fake the numbers. But it's somewhere close to about 10,000 people in the last two or three years that we've baptized around the nation. And when I saw that baptistry, 
in that building, I knew this is the one. And I went and I asked how much it was. Lord, help us. It was way more than I could ever afford, way more than the ministry could ever afford. And that doubt was starting to get in me, but I had to remember there's nothing too hard for God. God, God said he's giving me this building. God said he's giving us this land. God said he's giving us the property. And so I just had all, here's the thing. All, your only responsibility to the word of God is to trust it. You don't have to manipulate it. You don't have to coerce it. You don't have to push it. You just have to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And so I called part of our board, Pastor Buddy's part of our board, and then I started calling some of our partners, and I said, there's a building. I'm believing we're going to get it. And by the way, I did something crazy. I made him a cash offer. I said, we're going to have cash in a month. Because someone else was bidding on that building. But I said, the Lord said it's mine. And so I told the real estate agent, I'll have cash in 30 days. They said, can you give us proof of funds? Yes, in 30 days. <laughs> can you do it in three days? No. You're going to need to have faith too. <laughs> it took three and a half weeks. And every dollar, every penny, everything we needed showed up in the account. Now, it's not just that. 11 days, I, I, I was not going to talk about this, but I feel like i got to encourage somebody today. 11 days to closing, we were $52,000 short. 52000 is a lot of money, at least over here in Suarez land. I don't know about you all, but that's a lot of money over here in the mountains where Suarez lives. Fifty-two k 11 days, and I'm confessing and telling partners and going online and saying, the building is ours in 11 days in the name of Jesus. And I was preaching in West Virginia, poorest state in the union. Preaching, and it was a week-long revival. It was a Tuesday night. There may have been 120, 130 people in the sanctuary that night. And I was preaching about having confidence in God. That when God says he's going to do it, you got to trust that word. You guys got to stand on it. You got to rejoice. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, in 11 days, I'm closing on a building. I'm $52,000 short today. But I'm praising God because I know, hallelujah. I don't, went right into that Pentecostal one-kick hop. I said, I just know, hallelujah, that in 11 days, that money is going to be there. I just know, I know, I know that I know that I know that I know that I know. The next morning, Cole and I are chilling in the cabin when the pastor and the treasurer come knocking on the door. That's weird. That's not normal. They both come knocking at the door. Uh, Reverend, can we come in? I'm like, well, uh, I guess. I mean, I got my glasses on and my pajamas. I mean, like I wasn't ready yet. Yeah, I guess if you want to come visit. They said, well, we need to talk because this never happened before. I said, uh-oh, what did I do? <laughs> they handed me an envelope. They said, there's a woman that wants to remain anonymous. We don't really know much about her. But she put something in this envelope that we think you want to see. It was a check for $52,000 in West Virginia where I was least expecting the blessing to come from. And forgive me for, if you're from West Virginia. I mean, God had to rebuke me and I had to repent that night. I wasn't expecting it that night in that church with those. I wasn't expecting it that night. I was expecting it from somewhere else, but I wasn't expecting it that night. But that night God showed me. My blessing is not restricted to a certain zip code. My, my blessing is not restricted to this people or that people. You can't contain what, when I say that I have commanded a blessing upon you, it doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. Because there's nothing too hard for God. Yeah. 
say, preacher, I, I, I guess you just want to talk about money. No, 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 no. I'm here to tell you that there's nothing too, God, too hard for God in your health. That thing that you've been taking ibuprofen for, for the last 16 years of your life. What if you increased your faith to believe and say, you know what? I believe that God will heal the root cause of these migraines. I believe that God will go into my tendonitis. God will go into my tennis elbow. God will go into my knees. God will go into my ankles. And rather than claim that I had arthritis because my mom had arthritis and my grandmother had arthritis, what if I claim tonight my God is so awesome. My God is so powerful that this curse of arthritis could stop this very day in my body. You say, really? Yes, because there's nothing too hard for God. It's time to take the limits off of God once and for all. And rather than talk yourself out of a blessing, look up because your redemption draweth nigh. Give him praise if you believe it today. Hallelujah. Do you stand with me in the sanctuary this morning? Musicians, if you'd come back. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is a season of the blessing of God. I believe the Lord gave me a, a word, a corporate word for the body of Christ for this new year. He said that in 2024, he said, tell my people, we will not be known by our struggle or our fight, but we will be known by our victory. I'm talking to people that year after year, you've been known for what you're going through. I'm here to declare you're coming through in the name of Jesus. You're not going to be known for having to fight. You're going to be known for having victory. It's victory season, ladies and gentlemen. It's blessing season. It's prosperity season. It's time to look up and catch everything that the Father is pouring out for us. This is the season of blessing. And the Lord went on and he said, tell them, this is the year of the answered prayer. This is the year where rather than just be known for your prayer petition, you'll be known by the answered prayer. This is the year where God makes things right. This is the year. You say, but you don't know. I know I don't know you, but I know him. I know him, and I know what he's saying in the season. And every time I, I talk to a, a prophet or a pastor, every time I talk to a man or a woman of God and I say, what are you hearing? They're saying it's the year of the open door. It's the year of the open window. It's the year of more. It's the year of abundance. It's the year of rest. It's the year of prosperity. Everybody is talking about the blessing of the Lord. This is the year of victory. This, but when I'm believing that when this year comes to an end, we're not going to come through and say, man, we just barely made it bishop we're gonna say man did we ever make it god blessed us exceedingly abundantly god did this god did that and rather than say i just made it i'm gonna say oh the lord was so good to me hallelujah what key are you in there you're in a could you go down to f for just a minute and then go back to a for everyone else Y'all got F on that keyboard? Is that F? I'm not going to really sing the whole song because we're not, we're not ready. We didn't prepare for it. But I heard this song. Bless my life. It's my favorite song, brother. Good to see you here. As thankful as, you, as I am, and I'm always thankful to see new people, it's good to see the same people as well. Because that means that the winds came and they blew, but you still, you're still standing. Hallelujah. You're still here. Things tried to knock you down, shift you, break you, 
but you're st- bend you, but you're still here. You're like the palm tree that got bent and whoo, look, but you're still standing. The storm did not break you. You're still standing by the grace of God. And I see the winds of change. Now I'm prophesying to you because I just saw the winds of change blowing in front of you. And what I see the winds doing is removing obstacles that have been in the way of you going into the next thing in the next season. But I see the Holy Ghost going in front of you just and the wind of God is just clearing a path. This is your season, brother, to get blessed. Hallelujah. You say, but preacher, the devil did this and this, and he tried this, but then I heard this song that, are we still in F? I heard this song that says, but God made it fail. God made it fail. Everything the devil tried, God made it fail. It's not that he didn't try. It's just that God made it fail. God made it fail. He made it fail. Everything the devil tried, God made it fail. Now, we're not ready to sing it. Next week we'll be ready because it's a, it's a shout song. We're not ready for all that right now. But I've sang that song in every church I've gone to for the last two years. I sing it to myself every day because I didn't say that the devil's not going to try. In Chicago, we'd say he's a punk. He's going to try. He's going to try to talk you out of this message today. He's going to try to make you cynical. He's going to try to attack. But we're going to declare today, God made it fail. God made it fail. Everything the devil tried against my health, my wealth, my family, my marriage, God made it fail. God made it fail. God made it fail. He made it fail. Everything the devil tried. COVID. Recession. Racism. Poverty. Hate. Division. My children. Sometimes it puts you. Anyways. God made it fail. You're going to see the salvation of the Lord. You're going to see the blessing of the Lord, the victory of the Lord, because this is the year of victory and the answered prayer. I don't know what time you normally get out of here, but if you got three to four minutes of praise left in you, you can go back to A or whatever key you need now, brother. Thank you. If you got three or four minutes of praise left in you, because you believe this word is yours, then when I count to three, I want to invite you to come to this altar and we're going we're gonna to receive the word not laughing, but we're going to receive the word praising. And I believe that your praise is going to activate the word and you're going to see the fulfillment in this season. One, two, two and a half, two and three quarters. Three, come now, come now, come now, come now. Hallelujah. 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 This is the season of blessing. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I came over this way because as I was coming, I started seeing question marks. And I perceive, I could be wrong, but I perceive like what I was saying might be floating around you. But I'm just seeing the angels of the Lord taking some question marks. What, what you're saying, why, 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 and how, how, how about right now, 
soon and very soon you're going to be saying, wow, 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 because God's going to make it all right. try anyhow. It's going to be overflowing, but I'd get a few more buckets ready because there's some more coming. And I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Amen. I see old dream. When I came over, I saw old dreams and old words that have yet to be fulfilled. But the Lord would have me to remind you today that he hasn't forgotten what he promised you. And your eyes will see the fulfillment in the land of the living. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know what they're going to sing, but for the next few minutes, without me having to say anything else, I'm asking you to raise your voice. Raise your praise. You don't have to ask God for anything. Just declare that you believe and then praise him for what you've been asking for. Praise him for what you've been believing for. Praise him for what you're needing him to do because I believe that God's doing it in this season. Let's praise him. Father, receive the praises of your people in the name of Jesus. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working.
Hallelujah. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for your promise. I thank you that we're not just preaching about what you used to do, but we can confess and praise you because you're still working. You're still moving. You're still blessing, and you're still healing. And I say that this word that I preach today is the word of the Lord. It is the prophetic word of this season for these people. And I say that the word shall come to pass. I command the blessing of the Lord through the authority of the Holy Ghost to come upon these people. May there be miracles, miracles, miracles. Miracles in their body, miracles in their finances, miracles in their souls, miracles in their children and in their marriage. Let everything testify to the blessing of the Lord that we declare one more time there is nothing too hard for God would you give him praise a shout of victory hey thanks for watching be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss one of our videos or live streams in the future also take a moment and share this with a friend be sure to join us 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. each week live as we celebrate Jesus together here at Life Church God bless you